Hi everyone, this is Chris from Chris Watches Pretty Little Liars. Uh, I said my name is Chris already, so that's me. First, a quick apology. Uh, I was very late last week in posting an episode, and the goal is to get these up every Friday. I may not uh, succeed all the time, so uh, my apologies there. And I know I've said this before, but Season 2, Episode 12, what we're going to talk about today is, in my opinion, a huge turning point. I believe that after this episode, I have some pretty fixed theories that I'm going to lay out, basically about the rest of the show. I might be very wrong, but you know what? Let's just get into it, and let's start that theme song you all know and love. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. So he can help you figure out who's a... Season 2, Episode 12, Over My Dead Body. And I made a quick note to myself, there are 25 episodes in Season 2. 25, so we are about halfway through... So it makes sense this is a pretty big episode. Um, in our previously on, uh, we were reminded that Garrett on a cover is going to Jenna's house and the four liars see the relationship. Uh, we see the buttercream yelling uh, situation once again. Uh, we're reminded Jackie telling Arya to get effed. Um, we were reminded of Kate uh, and the whole Tom thing at the rehearsal dinner and spiking the lemonade for Hannah. We see Mike pushing his mom once again, Ella. Very upsetting. Uh, Emily and Maya's reunion. We see Ren awkwardly kind of sort of asking spencer out which is very telling they show us that again by the way uh we're reminded that jason has some sort of amnesia from the night uh, his sister disappeared uh we're reminded that allison was found or or at least the autopsy said she was buried alive we're missing a page five and finally dr sullivan knows who a is and then we're reminded of the note uh, the doctor is out so this whole episode is a one of those non-linear storytelling. So we're going to cut back and forth to Arya, Hannah, and Spencer basically sitting in a uh, room covered in dirt. So I'll just say we're checking in with them. A lot of these cutting back and forths are just, are just them sitting in a room quiet. Uh, but there is some there's some surprises along the way. But our main focus is what happened before this moment. We're here with Arya, uh, Hannah, and Spencer. Emily's not in this room. Uh, Garrett is talking to somebody like, hey, you ready to do, ready to do this? And uh, I, I actually was surprised. Guess who walks into the interrogation room? Creepy detective. And this is the moment, you all may know this if you're a veteran of the show. Now I am certain anyone, anyone we have seen at any point in the show could come back. No one is off the table. The show has not forgotten characters. So the, the show may make us forget characters, but sorry, as as viewers may forget characters is what I meant to say, but the show doesn't forget. In fact, everyone we've seen has a part to play, including Creepy Detective. Wow, I didn't think he would come back. So cut to 12 hours earlier, all four liars are at Dr. Ann Sullivan's home. Uh, they're getting a voicemail. I guess they all got a voicemail on their phone saying Dr. Sullivan says that she left town for a family emergency. So that's what they're getting on their phones. Dr. Ann Sullivan did not come home. They can tell that because there's newspapers on her porch. There's a little talk about calling the police, and they're like, no, uh, Nat and Jenna can't trust anybody since Garrett Undercover is part of Nat, a.k.a. One of the A groups, and I wrote Emily texts Maya. I forget why Emily texts Maya. Or no, sorry. Maya texts Emily, and they're like, ooh, Maya's back. Uh, cut to Hanley. Maya is talking about the, the Christian camp she was at. Uh, Hannah says she's a clueless goober, and she can tell a little too late that Emily and Maya want some time alone to catch up. Um, Hannah remarks that Maya's fashionable, bo fashionable boots, which was interesting because it seems like such a throwaway line. Oh, are, those, are those the new season boots, right? I don't know. It's such a small thing, a small detail. But the fact that we stuck we stuck there, 
I don't know if you all remember, I said a very long time ago, if Maya ends up being part of A, I'd be very upset. I don't know why she would be yet, but I don't know. Something about that moment was a little too, a little too prominent. You know what I mean? It's kind of like um, if there's 10 objects in the room, but you say, boy, you notice uh, some new boots on Maya. Like, why, why, why that detail of all details? Anyway, I'm just putting, I'm, I'm cheating. I realize this, but I'm going to put a little place marker here that there's something more here with Maya for some reason. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, the wedding is coming. I didn't know the wedding was <laughs> literally tonight. I think it's literally tonight. I, I guess rehearsal dinner, dinner, that makes sense. But still, it's kind of wild that just the wedding is here. Um, all the liars are going. What I don't understand is why they're having the wedding here in Rosewood. Is Isabel from Rosewood? Is I guess is Tom? I, 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 that I wasn't clear on. I didn't think Tom lived in Rosewood, but I guess he does. Anyway, that was surprising to me. But yeah, the wedding is coming. All, all the liars are going to go kind of support uh, Hannah during this difficult time. And then um, Emily and Maya are left alone. And Maya and Emily have a talk about their relationship. And it sounds like they're not getting back together, but Maya's still interested. And she says, listen, um, I want to start as friends. I want to get to get to know this new Emily. And so that's kind of kind of where they're taking it. It's still kind of nebulous, not very set in stone, but it sounds like Maya's interested, but she might need some time to, uh, to get to know Emily all over again. Cut to Toby and Spencer. Uh, Toby says, as casual as one can say this, uh, his brake line was, was severed. He's like, hmm, must have ran over something. Can you actually run over something and sever your brake line? I guess in theory it's possible. But all of us here know exactly who did that. One of the A's, which is pretty severe. And this in this episode, I would say A. Uh, well, uh, I'll say the I'll say A for now. But we have definitely leveled up uh, our threat level from here on out. Okay, we are in serious territory. We're no longer talking pranks and making Hannah eat cupcakes. This is life or death stuff now that we're doing. And then Toby says something like, "If we had a baby, what would they look like?" I was like, "Whoa, we're talking about babies." And Spencer's like, "The baby would have a six pack." They are peeping out their window to see Jason taking down paper, which I guess the window that Spencer does face is Allison's old room. So Jason is taking down the newspaper in that room. I think he's just doing some repainting, but they think he is doing some devious stuff. Spencer does not tell Toby about the whole buttercream thing and changing the will so that Jason got his share of the money. She she does not share that with Toby. And Toby knows she's lying, but she doesn't tell him. And then Toby says something like, we always have a choice. And Spencer's like, I don't know. Um, Hannah tries to call Dr. Ann, but of course, Dr. Ann isn't answering. And then a doorbell rings, ding dong, Caleb is back at the door. And like, they're both talking. She wants to hear about the trip and Caleb's like, and, and you know, uh, all the stuff. Caleb's like, oh, hang on, I want to hang out. And then she's like telling him about the Kate prank and all that happened with the stepsister. Uh, and then they smooch. Cut to uh, Fitz. Fitz is in his office at Hollis and knock, knock, knock. Jackie is at the door with two coffees. Listen, folks, I am a human. I can make mistakes. I was totally wrong about Jackie. She's totally still into fits. I uh, I was a little surprised about that, but there's no denying it. She's publishing some sort of paper, uh, and Arya almost walks in, but you know there's a and stops. She also had two coffees, which I thought was a, a fun, funny detail. And Jackie's like, "Oh, you, I forgot how great it is to be around you, Fitz, or whatever." And Fitz is like, "I'm seeing somebody now." We all know Jackie knows who that is, but Jackie just says, I, "Of course you are." Uh, and then they cheers their coffee to say, "To moving on." And then Arya standing outside trying to eavesdrop her. Her phone goes off. Bloop, bloop, and she's like, oh, they can hear my phone. She runs away. And then this is when I wrote in my notes, WTF. She gets a text from A. It says, she's still alive, double dash A. And there's a picture of Dr. Ann holding a newspaper, like today's newspaper, to prove she's alive. Uh, wh- uh, what is this show turning into? This is no longer 
you know, Noel getting revenge on Allison for being mean to him, right? This is not Lucas being teased by Allison for calling names. We have now kidnapped. This is what this text says to me. There's a kidnapping and threat of straight up murder. So let's keep that in mind, which is why I'm so certain there's more than one group of A's because this level right here says to me that the person responsible for all of this knows they will be guilty of a crime and of course, and potentially jail time. This is a desperate move. All the stuff with Dr. Ann is not coming from a place of power here from A. A is freaking out and they've taken drastic action because now they're in an even deeper. Cut to Spencer's house. Apparently Spencer walked outside and came back in and now there's a big box in her house. It says, open or she dies. Uh, all of them, all four are there. Uh, again, I wrote, this is fucked. This is, um, A is no longer cute to me. You know, this is no longer fun and games. We have uh, a dangerous murderer, possibly a serial killer. This is, this is way, 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 way beyond anything we've seen before. This is the, all the liars. Ten out, this is now 10 hours earlier. Uh, they open the box and the note says, in the serial killer uh, font, you have until 7 p.m. to save her. These are my demands. Yeah, I, I put this. I, this is no longer revenge. This is serial killer shit. Whomever this turns out to be, this is uh, this is way beyond telling people that someone had liposuction. You know, creepy dolls are inside. Uh, one Aria doll says, "Make Jackie go away." Beneath the doll, there is a paper that is. Uh, I think it's Jackie's paper and a paper similar to it, which looks like Jackie plagiarized a paper. There's a lot of logic missing <laughs> missing from this. You know, if Jackie is publishing some sort of a scholarly paper, the fact that she would think that nobody would figure this out on the academic side, you know, some peer reviewing happening, I don't understand that. But uh, we're going to put that logic aside for now because um, Arya has this proof. Uh, okay. Um, Hannah's doll says, stop the wedding, uh, which is an interesting one. And then Spencer says, keep Toby safe. And Emily does not get a doll. And it hits uh, Spencer that in order to keep Toby safe, it's going to have to involve them breaking up. We're back in the interrogation room. Garrett is missing page five. So there's no page five. And apparently page five has some trace evidence on Allison that leads to some suspect, I guess. Or there's something on this page five that would have, I guess, pointed in to someone, right? And Garrett is saying the page five is missing to some sort of commander uh, whom I don't know if we get this person's name, but he's like, ah, 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 jeez, ah, jeez. Arya's making a phone call. Um, she is crying. She's like, I'm so sorry. I made a terrible mistake. And Garrett is eavesdropping. So like, once again, Garrett is not in a place of power, I don't think. Uh, he's definitely there to listen in on this, what, how this unfolds. But I don't think he, uh, I don't think he's actually in control as much as uh, the show makes us think he is. Six hours earlier, Arya, in a, Arya is at Jackie's office. And Jackie's like, I think you're in the wrong hall, on wrong floor. And our, all Arya does is walk in, drops Jackie's paper on her desk, and then drops the real paper on her desk. Jackie goes, oh shit. And uh, she says, does Ezra know? She's like, no. And Jackie's like, what do you want? And Arya's like, leave Hollis. And Jackie's like, or? And then Arya doesn't say anything and walks out. So she has made her threat. And she basically says, I'm sorry. You can see Arya struggling with this. Mm, I don't know how really much she's struggling with it, but she's struggling with it. And then Ezra, uh, right after, so she leaves, and then on, Arya, Arya gets a phone call from Ezra, and she read exorcism. She doesn't, she doesn't pick it up, but... So she has gone through with A's request, is to threaten Jackie to, I guess, leave Ezra, I don't know, or leave him alone. Cut to uh, Emily and Hannah. Uh, they're having a chat. Uh, Isabel had to buy a new dress. Wedding is tonight. I was so shocked. And then Tom knocks. 
Um, and Emily's like, I gotta go. So Emily leaves. And Hannah says, I'm so sorry about the whole thing with the dress and Kate. And Tom's like, I'm sorry for pressuring you to do all this stuff. I, you know, I should have realized this is a lot for you to process. And maybe I was out of line. Uh, uh, and, uh, but the wedding is going to happen. And she's like, you sure, Dan? Tom, Tom reveals to Hannah that he has a tendency when things are good to self-sabotage. It's a little bit of emotional intelligence there from Tom, right? He, he self-sabotages quite a bit. And then Hannah says, do you love Isabel? And there isn't really an answer. He's like, well, she's, she's, she's good to me. I, you know, whatever. Um, cut to Toby's truck. We already know what's going to happen when I saw this. You saw some, th- I've been in this situation. I've been on both sides of the situation. I've been Toby here who's like, what's going on? And seeing my partner's face. And I've also been Spencer where I have all those feelings and I know I'm about to devastate the person um, who I've been in a relationship with. It's never a good situation for either person. But Spencer says, I lied to you. And Toby's like, why did you lie to me? And Spencer says, there's a whole bunch of things that I know. There's a lot of things that you don't know, Toby. And there's a lot of things that I know that I can never tell you. And you can see Toby's a little hurt. He's like, well, why don't you trust me? And she does tell Toby about a little bit about the buttercream stuff. Not a whole lot, but she she lets she opens the door a little bit and say, you know, there's stuff that, that he did, et cetera, et cetera. And then she basically she basically breaks up with him and then runs out of the truck. She goes, you know, I, I can't be with you and runs away. And uh, Toby's like, Spencer, Spencer, like calling after her. So, yeah. So they so remember last week I said the famous last words like we're never going to break up and they're going to break up one episode later. They broke up. Hi. Can, wow. And then Spencer, we see Spencer run away, okay? We, and she goes to some sort of nearby tree and starts breaking down crying. And who do we see walking out of a coffee shop? Pure coincidence? Pure coincidence. Ren with three N's spots uh, Spencer. Ren is now part of A. I, I, there's, no, there's no doubt in my mind. Ren wanted to be with Spencer. You know, putting, putting the age issue aside for a moment, which we'll get to. This is all, he's part of this. I am now convinced. He is definitely part of the A group. Why he's part of A, I don't know, but he definitely is. Too too many. He's been in too many places. He's been in too many coincidental spots. Too many things linked to A that I can no longer say that he is innocent. He is definitely part of the A group. Cuts to Montgomery's. Uh, we find out that uh, Ella and Ari are having a chat. Uh, Mike did uh, is going to therapy, so Mike is starting to see a counselor. We don't know who that counselor is necessarily, but uh, he is seeing somebody. And Ella apologizes to Arya, you know, for putting her in a very awkward position. She knows she, she shouldn't put her daughter in that position. And she says, we all get it wrong sometimes. Ella walks away. Uh, doorbell rings. Jackie's at the door. And Arya kind of goes outside, closes the door behind her. He's like, what are you doing here? And Jackie's like, you're playing with fire. And this is something I actually did not consider at the time, which totally makes sense. She says she's going to expose Arya and Ezra. So if Arya follows through on her threat to Jackie, Jackie's going to follow through and expose a teacher-student relationship, which is probably the kindest way to put what is happening here, right? Teacher-student relationship. And Arya's like, you know that's going to hurt Ezra more than me. And she's like, and Jackie's like, you know what? If it hurts uh, Ezra, so be it. So Arya's kind of screwed. Emily is on the way to the uh, wedding. I guess it's dusk. I don't know. Do we get a time check? I don't know if we got a time check. But uh, Emily's um, GPS says, turn, turn right, when it's clearly she turns left. How did A hack GPS? Actually, that's not too hard. Uh, I guess if A just put in a different direction somehow, I don't know. That one doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But uh, there's a doll in the back seat, and it turns out the doll says, basically, I, I didn't write down exactly what the doll says, but doll basically says, uh, I'll take you to her. And so Emily puts together the GPS is telling the location of her, which even at the time, I'm like, they're not saying Anne. They're not saying Anne. We cut to back to the present day Garrett and another cop. 
Uh, again, the three liars are just sitting there staring in the interrogation room. Spencer is staring instant glass, and we see Dr. W- um, Dr. Detective Wilden, a.k.a. Creepy Detective, staring back. Uh, yeah, just staring, <laughs> staring at her. Four hours earlier, uh, Spencer in Ren with three ends. And what is going on? I don't know what Ren is doing here. He's trying to comfort her, and then he go and he says, uh, "I want to go for a kiss," and she's like, "That's not a good idea." And he kisses her anyway. What? What is he doing? What is Ren doing? He was he was for me like a not an innocent character, but like you know like a you know whatever whatever character who was a side character. He has now put himself squarely in the crosshairs of this this podcast. He he is like upped himself in the A chain. Why he's obsessed with Spencer now, I don't know. If this is some sort of power play, if this is, if he has some affection for her, I do not know. And then he's going in for a kiss. Really outrageous stuff. Truly outrageous. Cut to the wedding. I can't believe they're doing the wedding in the creepy chapel. Uh, and Spencer's <laughs> okay going there. You know, I get it. There's only one chapel in town, but still, like, yikes. Um, no Emily. Emily's not there. Arya and Spencer are, of course, worried that Emily's not showing up. We see Hannah and Caleb. I gotta say, Caleb looks, looks freaking great, doesn't he? Jeez, I'm trying to grow my hair like Caleb. I think. I think that's what I'm. I think that's what I've decided I'm going to try and do. I want. I want Caleb length hair. Kate walks up and she starts flirting with Caleb, as as we're not surprised. Uh, she is want to do. Uh, Hannah goes. I gotta get out of here. Uh, and then Caleb does say a mean thing to Kate. You know, we don't. We don't really like uh, those kind of insults on this podcast. At the same time, Kate's kind of a terrible person. It doesn't. You know. I don't know. I get it. We're supposed to be like, yeah, Caleb, get her. But you know, still kind of a mean thing. Anyway, Kate. Kate is devastated. I don't know if Kate's devastated by the insult, more so that Caleb rejected her. That's what I think she feels rejected by. I think someone get a text, but uh, it says she's about to run out of time because basically the wedding is starting, right? We're happening. We cut to Emily. Emily arrives at some sort of barn. I don't think it's the same barn where they had their drinking night, right? That That's Emily. Uh, that's Spencer's barn. But she's at a barn, which is interesting. The wedding is happening. Looks like looks like we're, Hannah's going to fail. And then uh, she kind of mouths to uh, Spencer, how much time do I have? And Spencer's like, we're out of time. And Hannah, in the middle of the wedding, says, Isabel, can I talk to you for a moment? And Tom's like, can I, can I wait? And she's like, no, I can't. Kate is furious, by the way. And Kate is absolutely furious this is all happening. And Isabel's like, fine, let's have a chat. Ari and Spencer say, Hannah's going to need to get away car, so let's GTFO. So they run out. In this little rectory room, Hannah says to Isabel, now, at the time I was... When I first watched this, I was like, is this right? However, Hannah is not wrong. She says to Isabel, when Tom was in town, he and Ashley hooked up. And she makes it clear to Isabel. I don't mean hooked up like hold hands. I mean, they were sleeping together. <laughs> Which I thought was just making sure Isabel was absolutely certain what she meant. Tom walks in and is like, what are you doing? Isabel's like, is this true, Tom? And he doesn't, I don't know if he even says anything, but she storms out. Tom he is pissed. And then, they, uh, and then she gets a text, 457 Grover Road. <sighs> There's a lot to unpack here. These three, these requests, all these requests, we, okay, well, I want to get back to these requests in a moment, okay? Um, but Emily, we got to Emily at the barn, um, and she's calling for Dr. Sullivan, Dr. Sullivan. Uh, there's some sort of big barn door. She goes inside. There's a running car, which we don't really deal with the car that's just running, but there doesn't look like there's anybody inside. Um, the barn door, of course, closes. Uh, and Emily can't get out, so now she's trapped, and of course, she's her. She's The her in all these texts wasn't Dr. Anne, it's Emily. Come back to the present day, Toby's at the police station yelling to talk to Spencer. He's like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And the police are holding him back, and Spencer is not talking to him. She just uh, goes about her way. Cut back to the past. 
Um, we see Emily is now passed out in said barn. And then, folks, the door opens. And I watched very carefully this entire sequence. We see someone pull her out. They are wearing uh, boots that have like, kind of those ties in the front. Okay? Kind of cut to something else. And Emily opens her eyes. And Allison is there with Emily's head in her lap. I kept a sharp eye wearing the exact same boots we saw pulling Emily out. And Allison says these kind of weird things like, oh, you're always my favorite. She says something like, I, this was the plan, this wasn't the plan, or something to the effect where, I, w- I don't want to say Allison was manipulated to doing this, but she was forced to save Emily uh, in a way that she wasn't necessarily planning to. Emily says, do you know who A is? And Allison says, I do know who A is. And here is another huge sentence. And I actually, as I'm recording this, I haven't quite figured out what this means yet. This is obviously uh, from the song, the introduction song because two can keep a secret if only one of them is dead. So clearly, if only one of them is dead is referring to Allison having faked her death, right? I am 180% certain that this is true, but because two can keep a secret if only one of them is dead. I'm going to have to think about that. But that is, I think, a key reason as to why Allison has faked her death and why A is being kept a secret as well. And then uh, Allison says to uh, Emily... You know, you can stay here or you can come with me. Now, if you're going to take the uh, interpretation that this is uh, Emily hallucinating and or slowly dying, it sounds like, you know, go to heaven, right? I think this means that Allison has the power to pull Emily into witness protection and, in fact, fake Emily's death. That is what she is telling her in that moment. Allison and Emily smooch, and then uh, Emily passes out, and then uh, she comes to, and three liars have found her. She's on the ground. And Emily says what I have been saying for a pretty long time, right? She says she's still alive. I saw Allison. Now, none of the liars, I think, in this moment believe her, necessarily. Boy, there's so much to unpack there. We'll get there. Um, We come back to the uh, present. Uh, Emily now enters their interrogation room, so Emily is somewhat safe there. But they're all still, like, dirty. They're they're covered in dirt, which I, I have not said that yet. They're all covered in dirt, okay? And none of them have spoken to anybody. They're not speaking to police anymore. Spencer's mom and buttercream are outside. Basically, all the parents are here. It's a little, it's a little parent uh, casting call. Jason enters the police station. Buttercream runs up to him, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And Buttercream's yelling at him. And Jason says something interesting, which I thought was worth noting. He didn't know about the will change stuff. That was against his will. There is a bird chirping. Hang on a second. Uh, he could be lying, right? He could be lying, and uh, he might have known about the will stuff. But he is saying that he did not know about the will change stuff. And in this moment, I don't know if we've seen this before yet in these uh, in these police station vignettes. I think Garrett is sweating. I think Garrett's whole plan here is about to go go to shit because I wrote in my notes Garrett is going down. I think Garrett is coming from a place where he thinks he is um, in in control. I think he's about to all this is about to fall apart here. And Jason says something else interesting. He says that the reason why I bought that house is because I knew what I'd find. And then he says, does your wife know to buttercream? And he says, she does not. And Garrett is sweating. Garrett is definitely sweating. Um, so we cut back to two hours earlier. Um, the four liars are outside this barn and there's a shovel now. And it says, you'll need this with some coordinates. So they go running to these coordinates and they come up to uh, some sort of plot in the ground. They're looking, looking, looking. And they find this little air tube sticking out. And they think it's Dr. Ann Sullivan. They're like, she's alive. They start digging, they start digging. They find her boots. Uh, I was like, wow, this is really messed up. This show took a really dark turn. And then they find a weird mask. And they're like, A, set us up. And then a whole bunch of cops swarm them. Very weird. Uh, and once again, yeah, all the parents are here. Uh, Ezra shows up to the police station. 
Ella goes right up to him and she says, I know why you're here. And of course, Ezra thinks this is it. And he says, well, I'm in love with her. And she's like, you better get the hell out of here. I'm going to give you one chance to get the hell out of here. Uh, she says, I know you're in love with Spencer, but that's inappropriate, et cetera, et cetera. And he doesn't, <laughs> Ezra does not correct her in that moment. He, for a half second, I, he's thinking about what do I do? And he doesn't say anything. We find out Doc, uh, Detective Wilden was reinstated. He was just temporarily suspended. Uh, Mom, Mom Hastings uh, confirms this because of the whole incident they had in the library in season one. She's like, no, 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 no. He, unfortunately, he's back. Parents, Emily's parents are en route from Texas, I guess. And then Jenna shows up. If I didn't already say this, there's a moment where Garrett goes, you shouldn't be here. Uh, we find out Jenna's at the police station. They go off to another room. Jenna and Garrett. I think this is where they might have screwed up. Because they go into an interrogation room. And uh, they, they say they did this. And Garrett's going to leave the police force. Something about being there a little bit longer. He has to get into some sort of storage room. We also find out Jenna and Garrett wrote the note that Jason discovered the next morning. So if we are to believe what we just heard, and I'm going to slowly I'm going to slowly talk about the end of this episode as I do my recap as well. Jenna and Garrett are saying that they did this whole dowel thing. Right? They're saying they did all this. They're saying they did the A stuff to Jason. So we are absolutely without a doubt where is a pen? I'm looking for a pen on my desk. Jenna and Garrett are not only aware of A, they are absolutely a user of this A service. So I was wrong. Jenna is actually an active participant in this A thing. Jenna is not the head A. Maybe she, maybe she thinks she is. Uh, but they are absolutely guilty of some, all of this A stuff. And in fact, I would say they know, they know about Dr. Ann and... Jenna knows who A is as well. Well, I don't know if Jenna knows who A's, A is, but Jenna's definitely working with A. So, so this whole thing with the police and the liars, I was like, why? what the hell's going on here? Doctor, uh, I keep calling him doctor. Detective Wilden comes in there and he's like, we got you now, you four, you four liars. And he throws down the shovel of doom and he says, this is the, we know this was the murder weapon to Allison and you caught, and we caught you with it and you are all guilty, which makes zero sense. But uh, we find out the significance of this shovel. You know, at no point does he bring up why were they digging uh, uh, this body in, in the ground. There's absolutely no acknowledgement of the ridiculous situation they were found in. He just is like, I got you now. Okay. Cut back to Jen and Garrett. Uh, apparently she has the infamous page five. And uh, she gives it to Garrett and says, take this home and burn it. And then Jenna says she deserved to die like that. Post-credit sequence, uh, Dr. Ann at a diner. So Dr. Ann is fine. All that was a big ruse, right? I almost Googled something here. I, boy, folks, I was so tempted to ruin this show and this entire podcast for myself. And I'll tell you why in a moment. Because uh, the person's like, um, Dr. Zinn, like, I did everything you said. And uh, this person slips something to Dr. Ann. Dr. Ann goes, and she leaves. We don't know what's going on there necessarily, but Dr. Ann is at least not dead. Uh, the waitress comes over and says, do you want anything else? Boy, you have such pretty eyes. I almost Googled that. And believe me, believe me, folks, if you have not watched the show, the temptation might be there for you as well to Google pretty eyes because that is such a gigantic clue to me. And so I am adding... So I started writing in a list of... This is another one of those situations where, like, if this person is here, they can't be there, right? And we don't necessarily know when this took place. But just for the sake of argument, we're going to say this is taking place at about the same time. And I would say, if this is not head A, it's definitely second in command, right? 
So we know who, who do we know it can't be? Well, it's everyone that we've seen at the police station, right? We know it can't be Jason. We know it can't be Ezra. We know it can't be Toby. We know it can't be any of the parents. We know it can't be Jenna and Garrett. Um, it could, in theory, be Melissa. Sure. So I wrote down, actually, I wrote down a list. Mona, Lucas, Noel, Ren, Ian, Melissa, Paige, right? So those are the people that I would say could potentially be pretty eyes. And so I've gone a little bit long again. So I'm just going to end this episode by saying I am absolutely convinced, 100%, that Mona is uh, pretty eyes. Allison knows Mona is the head A. What I'm also going to say here at the end of this episode is that this whole Jenna Garrett part of it it will be resolved before, well before the series finale. In fact, this whole part of the mystery will go away. Now, how Mona reinvents herself as A and continues on with whatever they're doing, I haven't quite figured that part out yet. And I think as the show progresses, some of the lieutenants are going to fall away. Like, I think we're going to quickly find out, Jen and Garrett's part of this is going to be revealed very soon, right? And I think we're going to find Noel, Noel will be revealed for his role as well. Probably Lucas too, pretty soon, right? So slowly but surely, you know, A's forces are going to whittle away. But standing at the top, friends, viewers, loyal PLL watchers, is Mona. No doubt in my mind. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at McGoogs. Uh, Case of Trudy, get Mac to the gal. Yeah, I think that's about it. I've said way too much. 